Welcome to the Sermon Audio Podcast of Hill Country Bible Church, Georgetown. The podcast bringing you biblical messages that encourage you to put Christ at the center of everyday life. We're here to help you engage in the local church and to invite you into a life that matters through Jesus. If you have any questions about your next step, visit us online at hillcountry.life. And now for today's message. Well, good morning, everybody. So I hope you're ready to be challenged today because we're in the midst of this series called Gutsy Prayers. And over the past couple of weeks, we prayed some dangerous prayers. If you were with us two weeks ago, we talked about boldness. And our prayer was simply this, make me bold, God. Make me bold. And then last week, we paused to ask God to speak to us. And the prayer was, speak to me, God. Speak to me. Now today, the gutsy prayer I want us to look at, the one I want to invite you, if you have the courage to pray every single day this week, you probably won't like Like, it's not an easy prayer. It's a really bold prayer. In fact, some of you will refuse to pray this prayer because it's dangerous. It's not common. It's not easy. It doesn't match the normal safe prayers that many of us like to pray. It's not consistent with the God should make your life easier version of Americanized Christianity. And please don't get me wrong here. Okay, I have nothing against safe, easy prayers. It's okay to pray, God, keep me safe. Like, I want to be safe. God, would you bless me? Yeah, I want to be blessed. God, help me to have a nice, easy day. I mean, of course, I want a nice, easy day. I don't want to be inconvenienced. Truth is, I don't want to be interrupted. I don't want to face challenges. In other words, Lord, if you really love me, would you give me a hassle-free day with good food, like green lights, nice people, well-behaved kids, and no zits on my face. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Please don't let me get a zit on prom day. This is not that kind of prayer. It's not a safe prayer. It's a bold, gutsy, dangerous prayer. Because if you pray this prayer, there's a good chance you're going to become a bit more uncomfortable. Like your life might get harder. Chances are really good it's not going to get easier. So are you ready for it? Here's the prayer for this week. Break my heart, God. Break my heart. Like, crush it. Strip me of comfort and ease and spiritual apathy going on in my life. Now, let me warn you, if you pray this prayer, you might become burdened because your heart will start to ache over the things that burden the heart of God. If you pray this prayer, you might lose sleep at night. Your heart might burn with a righteous anger, and suddenly you start doing things that other people really don't understand. And you may face spiritual resistance, criticism, even persecution. But here's the good news. I know at first glance all this sounds kind of negative, but it's really not. And by the end of this message today, I'm going to show you that this is a necessary path on the journey to the good life, the best life possible, what Jesus called abundant life. Because this prayer is going to get you in touch with the heart of God. It's going to fire you up to make a difference in this world. If you pray this prayer on a regular basis, it will transform your very life. Break my heart, God. You see, if you pray that, even in the midst of some pain and discomfort going on in your life, you will experience some abundant joy, some overwhelming blessings in your life. But make no mistake about it, okay? It's a gutsy prayer. Break my heart, God. Now, as we get started this morning, I want to begin in the Old Testament, taking a look at a prophet named Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah had a pretty unfortunate nickname. He was nicknamed the Weeping Prophet. Okay, please don't call me the Weeping Pastor, 
You know, I mean, who wants that? Like, I don't want to be the weeping pastor or the weeping bass player. I hope you don't want to be the weeping businessman or the weeping coach or whatever. But Jeremiah was the weeping prophet because his heart was broken over the plight of his people, even as God's heart broke for them. So let me give you a little context of what was happening in Jeremiah's life. See, in that day, the people of Judah were rebelling against God. And we're talking about complete rampant rebellion going on here. I mean, the leaders were abusing the widows. Uh, They were taking advantage of people who were poor. They would actually sacrifice, believe it or not, children, little babies to false gods. And God's heart was just wrecked over the sinfulness of these people. And Jeremiah, he ached on behalf of God. And he was like, you know, this isn't right. I mean, how can you do this? How can you claim to know and love God and behave this way? Like abusing people, mistreating those who are powerless. And we see Jeremiah's broken heart in Jeremiah 8, verses 18 and 21, when the prophet says this, my grief is beyond healing. Like there's no repair. My pain is so great. My grief is beyond healing. My heart is broken. I hurt with the hurt of my people. I mourn and am overcome with grief. You know, in short, Jeremiah was saying, my heart is crushed and broken because of the injustices of those who are abusing people who don't have the power to defend themselves. My grief is beyond healing, he says. And so Jeremiah did what he knew to do. He preached some of the most fiery sermons in the history of the world. You can read them. I would encourage you to get in there and read some of these. And he prayed and he fasted and he stood strong and he threatened. He did everything he knew to do. But things didn't change immediately. And so he said, my grief is overwhelming. I can't handle this. My heart is broken. And this is where it gets kind of tough. See, question, do you want that? I mean, like seriously? Because when I wake up in the morning, I want the opposite from my day. Like, I want to go through my day and have no big problems. I don't want anyone flipping me off. I don't want anybody being rude to me. If I open the door for you, I expect you to say thank you. You know, the important stuff. I want to have no problems, no heartaches, no grief going on. And that's why this is such a dangerous prayer to pray. It's a gutsy prayer. Break my heart, God. And when I talk about something that breaks your heart, I'm not talking about some little spiritual interest, something that just kind of spiritually annoys you, or a simple good deed you can do every now and then to make yourself feel good. Like, you know, I, I hate it when I drive by a homeless person on the side of the road, and they've got a sign there. I, I just can't stand that, so I always pull over and give them my loose change. Yeah, I'm not talking about that. It's not a bad thing, but I'm talking at something at a different level than that. Or, or, you know, I can't handle animal cruelty. And so seven years ago, we saw this cute, adorable little stray dog by the side of the road, and we picked it up, brought it home, and he's the most wonderful pet. You know, that's not what I'm talking about. I mean, good for the dog, good for you that you love the dog. But I'm talking about something at a deeper level. Like, this is much more intense than that. I'm talking about a gut-wrenching burden that just consumes your thoughts, and you can't let it go. You can't stop thinking about it. Like it eats at you, it gnaws at you, it it ignites a fire in your belly, a passion inside of you, and you just have to do something because the pain is just unbearable. And honestly, when you get to this particular point, when you get to this place, I I need to remind you that it's a good place for you to be because you're connecting with the passion of God. 
And when you hurt on God's behalf, when you experience those emotions, it's going to be the very opposite of everything that popular culture programs you to want. It's the very opposite of the feel-good version of Christianity that says God exists for you. God exists to make your life better, to take away your pain, give you ease, prosperity, comfort, right? You know that. It's, it's the opposite of, well, you're going to advance. If you can see it, you can be it. If you can name it, you can claim it. It's time for you to get the good stuff. And please don't get me wrong. Uh, God wants you to be blessed, okay? Blessed coming and blessed going. But what if God's greatest blessings come from God's greatest breakings? Ooh, that was good. Let me say that again. What if God's greatest blessings come from God's greatest breakings? What if the most special blessings from God come on the other side of a little pain that snaps us out of self-focus, it helps us to be focused on other people, to care for people on God's behalf? What if our greatest blessings come from our greatest breakings? Like what would happen if God burdened you with things that burden His heart? What if God gave you a heavenly divine burden, a holy hurt? Now, let me just be honest here. I know that everything I'm preaching right now, it's biblical, it's true. If I do these things, it's going to lead me to the best life possible, what Jesus called the abundant life. But if I'm really honest, that doesn't mean, even though I know all that stuff, that I like it, or I even like the thought of doing these things. Because the truth is, I don't know about you, but I like comfort. I like comfort a whole lot. Like, I like a nice hotel room while some of you like camping. Okay, I've never really understood camping. I, I just don't get it. Like my family growing up, we never went camping. My dad wasn't into it. I'm not into it. Now my wife, Wendy, she and her family, they would camp all the time. So she thought it was just a normal part of everyday life for everyone. And when we first got married, I remember very clearly, you know, uh, we didn't have a lot of money, but she went out one day and on a whim, she bought a little Coleman stove. And she brought it back home, and I'm like, well, what is this? And when she explained what it was, I was thinking, why? Like, we'll never use that. Take it back. We need the money for food. What a waste. <laughs> True story. You know, for me, camping is kind of like reversing the clock on modern conveniences a few thousand years. It's like de-evolution. I mean, it's just not my thing. And when I go on vacation, give me a nice hotel room with sweet-smelling shampoo. I want soft wash clothes somebody to make the bed, room service, a nice swimming pool, a hot tub. You know, I like comfort. I really do. But comfort has never once moved me to action. I never became so comfortable that I said, hey, let's go change the world. Comfort tends to beget more comfort. I like luxury. I really do. But luxury has never once shook me to care about people who are suffering. And on the flip side, I don't like pain. I got a compressed disc in my neck, sciatica issues, shoulder problems, a host of other things going on, but I didn't ask for any of that. I deal with it, but I don't like pain. I like pain-free days, but pain-free days have never made me more like Jesus. And what does suffering do? It purifies. Suffering strengthens. Trials actually make you more like Jesus. They teach you to depend on God. Break my heart, God. It's a dangerous prayer. It kind of snaps us out of our self-centered pursuit of comfort and ease. Now, you can see those whose hearts have been broken all over the scriptures. If you look in the Bible, Moses, again and again, as a young man, he saw the Egyptians cruelly beating his own people until one day he snapped. 
And he actually carried that burden in his heart for decades until years later, God called him to stand before the most powerful man in the world, Pharaoh. And with a heart breaking over the suffering of his people, he said, let my people go. Let my people go. The nation of Israel was at war. And David's father sent the young shepherd boy to the front line, said, hey, take this bread and cheese platter to all the men who were battling up there. But when David got to the front lines, he realized there was no battle going on because there was this great big giant named Goliath that nobody seemed to think they could defeat. But Goliath, he made a big mistake. He was taunting God and the people of God. And David couldn't stand that. Something snapped in his heart. And he said, hey, buddy, you know, who are you to defy the armies of the living God? Everyone else says you're too big to defeat. I say you're too big to miss. Now somebody give me a sling and some stones. How about Nehemiah? Nehemiah had a relatively comfortable life and a slightly high-risk job. He worked in the palace. His job was to taste the wine for the king, make sure it wasn't poison, okay? Any day it wasn't poison was a good day for Nehemiah. But then one day he got news about his people. It was bad news. He found out that the walls of Jerusalem had been broken down and his people there were very vulnerable to attack. You know, they had no support system, no identity, no sense of self-worth. And it broke Nehemiah's heart to the point that physically he couldn't stand. So he collapsed to the ground and he, he cried and he prayed and he, he even risked his life when he begged the king, can I go? Would you send me there? And so he went back. And understand, he's not a builder, okay? He has no real experience in construction, but somehow he put together a major accomplishment an entire reconstruction project of the walls of Jerusalem. And he stood before the people and he said to them all, I want you to fight for your nation. I want you to fight for the Jews. I want you to fight for your people, fight for your home, fight for your wives, fight for your sons, fight for your daughters. Why? Because his heart was broken and it moved him to action. And then there's the New Testament theologian Popeye. Yeah, you know, Popeye the sailor man. He's strong to the finish because he eats his spinach. He's Popeye the Sailor Man. And Popeye, he had a pretty good-looking girlfriend. Right? She was a head-turner, olive oil. And whenever Brutus would mess with olive oil, do you remember what Popeye would say? Those of you who are a little bit older, he would say, that's all I can stands. I can't stands no more. And some of you, you're going to get to that point. And when you do, I dare you to pray this prayer right here. Just break my heart, God because he will break it. He'll shake you out of that continual pursuit of comfort. He'll stir up a divine burden in your heart that you simply can't ignore. And then one day when your heart breaks, you won't be able to take it any longer. You'll say, that's all I can stands. I can't stands no more. You know, some of you ladies, you might be consumed with thoughts of women who are coming out of brokenness, women escaping addictive lifestyles, women being released from incarceration, or women who have been victims of you know, sex trafficking, something along those lines, women who are coming out of all different types of abuse. And then that burden may eventually get to you to the point where your heart just breaks and you've got to do something. And so maybe you volunteer for an organization that helps rescue women and get their feet back on the ground, reestablish their lives, maybe reconnect with their children, something along those lines because you've got to step in and do something. Break my heart, God, because God's greatest blessings come on the other side of God's greatest breakings. 
Let me just tell you this. If you pray this prayer, get ready for a fire to start burning inside of you. And I don't know what it may be for you. You know, it might be the plight of the unborn. You know, it, it might be that you care for little children here in our community who, who can't read. Or, or maybe it's for the racial injustices that haunt so many people. You know, or maybe you just want to get clean drinking water to places in the world where even today there are dozens of children who might die in some village because the water is polluted there. It might be for children in our state who don't have a loving home. It might be for those who are battling mental illness, those who are trapped in an addictive lifestyle maybe and they, they can't seem to get out. It could be for those who are recovering from infidelity or marital unfaithfulness and they're not sure if they can ever love or trust again. You know, it might be for teenagers who are cutting or deeply depressed or don't have good parental influences in their life. You know, it could be for those who are addicted to pornography. You know, I don't know what it may be for you, but when you pray this prayer, your heart will break. And when it breaks, I want you to thank God for that pain because what's happening in that moment is you're connecting with the passion of God. You're caring about people that God cares about. And, and I think most people they feel like it's just easier not to care, right? It's better not to hurt, better not to get involved. But I hope you understand, it's better, okay, hear me on this, it's better to hurt with a purpose than to exist without one. It's better to hurt with a purpose than to exist without one. And this is the path to the best, most meaningful life possible. So thank God when He moves you. Thank God when He calls you because God's greatest blessings come from God's greatest breakings. You know, the Apostle Paul was like this in the New Testament. He was a very religious man, but he didn't know Christ. He didn't have a personal relationship with God. And at one point, he bragged about his experiences, his religious accomplishments. In fact, if you look at Philippians 3, 5 to 6, Paul says that he was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. Paul says, I followed all the Pharisaical laws, 600 plus. I led a very righteous life. But when he came to know Christ, not religion, not rules, when he came into a personal relationship with Jesus, listen to what he said. He said, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage. Like all that other stuff is lost. It's nothing. It's meaningless. It's garbage compared to knowing and following Jesus. In fact, can I let you in on a little secret here? That word garbage in the Greek, it's actually dung, manure, Poop emoji, right? You get the picture here? It's even a stronger word than that. Paul is saying, I consider it all bleep compared to the surpassing knowledge of knowing Jesus, following Jesus. Yeah, we tone it down, but Paul is not pulling any punches here. You know, we see Paul's broken heart for the lostness of his own people, the Jews. Take a look at Romans 9, 1 to 4. Paul says, I speak the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience confirms it through the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. Like my heart is breaking over things that break the heart of God. 
For I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my people, those of my own race, the people of Israel. See, Paul's saying, my heart is filled with so much grief, so much anguish because of my people, my Jewish countrymen, my brothers and sisters. He says, I hurt so badly that I would cut myself off if I could save them all. I mean, that's how much he loved them. Folks, it's a gutsy prayer. When you pray it, you're going to hurt. It's going to break your heart. And you may hurt alone. You know, I know sometimes people look at me from the outside and think, man, you must have such a great life. Things must just be cruising along for you. It's so good. And, you know, I am blessed, right? I have a wife and kids I love who love Jesus. I got good friends, a solid support network. But I got to tell you, I've got an ache. I've got grief. I've got pain. I've got hurt inside of me. Do you know why? Because God has broken me and it won't go away. And here's my holy discontent where I share God's broken heart. I hurt for people who are bound in religion and rules and legalism, and they've just missed the beauty of the love and grace of God. People who don't understand God's heart truly for them. And I'm not just talking about people outside the church. I'm talking about a vast majority of people in churches today, okay, who sit around judging those in the church and condemning those on the outside. Like, I hate it when Christians are bound up in legalism and rules and laws that make them mean-spirited and critical of others, and they miss the beauty of the love and grace of Jesus. And in the meantime, they're not sure if they're good enough for God, and so they pass and kind of pass that unassurance, if you will. They steal that assurance from other weaker Christians by their false theology. See, my heart breaks over all the bad theology in the church today. My heart breaks for the state of the church today. And my heart breaks for those who are far from God, those who are looking for something to fill that spiritual void in their life that only Jesus can fill. And they're out there going after all these false pleasures of the world that they think will fulfill them, but it won't. And that's fueled by the lies of the enemy. See, I hate it when people think they're going to find real joy, real peace, real meaning in these empty pursuits of the world, these worldly pleasures. And they never discover that the good life is doing life with God. That's where you find abundant life. Break my heart. Break my heart, God, for what breaks yours. And when he does, thank him for that pain. Because every day you will be driven by a higher calling, a heavenly calling. That's what will drive you. Not your own selfish pursuits of your lusts and your desires but you'll be driven to reflect the glory of a God whose heart broke so much for you that he gave his one and only son so you could experience his love, his grace, his forgiveness, his goodness, his life. Because I can promise you, it's so much better to hurt with a purpose than to exist without one. And God's greatest blessings come from God's greatest breakings. It's a dangerous prayer. Break my heart, God. But following Jesus was never meant to be safe. Pray with me. Lord, that's our prayer. It's very simple. I pray that you would break our hearts. Break our heart for what breaks yours. God, you'll give us something, some holy discontent, some passion. And I pray that when you do, and our heart breaks for those people, for that injustice, that we would not simply sit there 
in our pain, but we would act. We would make a difference for you. That we would work in this world on your behalf. Lord, we love you. We thank you that this is the path to the best life possible. It's better to hurt with a purpose than to exist without one. And God, as you break our heart, we're going to trust that there will be blessings on the other side. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.